Hey. Hey, man. What's up? Not much. How you doing? How you been? Uh, dude, all over the place. I can't even begin begin to describe you. <laughs> Busy, huh? Yeah. I hear uh, you're moving. Yeah. Yeah, basically my contract got extended to the end of October and Wi-Fi sucked. Uh, and in September I fell in love and now I'm moving to the other side of the country. So it's been a busy weekend. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. Hello, Milos. How are you? I take everything he says with a grain of salt. He likes to <laughs> exaggerate. Well, your brothers, you're supposed to do that. So That's what I do. <laughs> he's not, but he does mm. take pleasure in doing it. Mm. So I'm trying not to block my microphone this time so I don't constantly drop out like I did during the Dune show. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So let's uh, let's get going here. Uh, welcome to the B-Team podcast. Today we are here to uh, return to our Star Trek Away Mission series, which we've kind of been away from for a while with all the new releases coming out lately and Josh doing the 31 Days of Horror stuff. Um so we are here today to review the pilot episode of Star Trek Prodigy, the uh, animated series that the first episode dropped this past Thursday, October 28th, on Paramount+. Plus. Apparently this will eventually also be run on Nickelodeon, although that has not started yet as far as I'm aware. We so, it. yeah. I have no idea. All the, the ads and stuff mention Nickelodeon, but I don't know that it's actually started there yet. I think it's getting some sort of... I don't of, think it uh, started there yet, but I did, like, even... They plastered it all over, like, even the cartoon was, like, Nickelodeon. Yeah, it's in the intro. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's got some sort of, you know, it's going to run exclusively on Paramount Plus first, and then it'll end up on there. Um, so... Uh, before we get into the particulars of this, what were your guys' thoughts on the idea of a... I mean, this is obviously before Lower Decks and everything, too, but uh, what were your thoughts on the idea of a animated Trek series aimed at children, which is kind of what this is meant to be? Well, unlike, well, unlike the uh, Lower Decks, I mean, this really is aimed at everybody so to speak just like the series so yep i like the i i like the idea when they announced it i didn't like the fact that they were going to do it on nickelodeon because i've never been a fan of nickelodeon stuff they they had a really weird animation and stuff so i was really skeptical about it even when the first images showed up i was like that doesn't really look like my star trek but yes uh, yeah, I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching Colts play Titans, and so. Ah, okay. All right. You had mentioned so NFL. Yes. Oh, it's gonna be yeah. Ah, so that's what happens. Here. That's what happens when you record on a Sunday in America, and apparently over there. Oh yeah. <laughs> During football season. So, Milos, do you have any thoughts on this show as a general idea? Before so we as get a into general the... idea, I didn't have a general idea about it i was curious definitely uh i gotta say i like it it's uh it gives off a heavy like clone wars and rebels vibe which yeah, i really remind- liked it did kind of remind me of yeah, that you're breaking off again 
carrying uh, their mic. Okay. How's that? <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my yeah, hand away better. from Okay. Yeah. So All it right. definitely gives off like strong like clone and rebel vibes. And I like the animation a lot. That's all I gotta say. And I yeah. didn't have expectations as far as like the plot and everything. But there's I like this show a lot. This like one episode in. I think this was a double episode. Uh, yeah, it was probably yeah. It was like forty. It's gonna be minutes. like twenty minute runtimes. And yeah. I absolutely have no complaints. Like I, you know, I'm looking forward to the next episode. So I got nice. And we'll have to talk about whether we want to do this weekly or not for the duration of this. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I I know I'm not in the target audience for this. Like, and oh, yeah. I, I've gotten <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten into many debates with people in other you know Trek forums and whatever as to like the thing I don't understand that a lot of, the approach that a lot of people seem to have is like why does this show need to exist? And it's like, my basic thought is because you want this franchise to keep going after the current fan base all goes away. Because I think Trek probably has the oldest skewing fan base of any major franchise in the world. <laughs> I mean, I think the average age of most yeah, Trek fans is like 50. Um, so to me, like, I... I went into this going, you know, there's there's good odds that, you know, I didn't think I was going to hate this, but there's good odds that I'm going to be like, a lot of this is over my head or I don't really care, but I understand why it, I understand what, what it is they're trying to accomplish. So uh, that being said, I actually did really enjoy this um, kind of in the same, probably in a lot of the same ways that you did, Milos, and we'll get into the particulars of it very shortly but i mean i was actually kind of impressed how much i actually like this um i was expecting to at most be kind of mm -hmm. like yeah i see what they're doing but okay but this i actually really ended up liking i mean it it, it it's not meant to at least in my mind it's not meant to compete with lower decks or anything it's a completely different audience that those two things are going for like lower decks is clearly not oh, for yeah, children I mean, there's a reason why it's um, gonna air on nickelodeon that's your audience. You yeah. want to get, yeah. you know. But I thought it was very effective for what it was trying to do. And it also had, at least for me, it had things that appealed to me as a Trek fan. Like, oh, I can see why they would go this way here. Um, so, sure. I, so I guess we can try the plot, sort of. It's probably going to be pretty simple. Uh, yeah. Just because I think they're trying not to load this down with tons of plot anyway um which just before we get into the particulars i think is a very smart way to do this in the sense of like a lot of the a lot of the early episodes of a lot of the prior trek shows bogged down in like heavy science shit and a lot of explaining and i feel like this is well served by doing that in little tidbits but not not going out of your way to bog down the first 20 minutes with like well, this is what the world is, and this is what this is what this means, and I think that's going to help the audience here. Um, so, considering that your target audience is our kids, the fact that you simplified it as much as they did, yeah, it's a plus. Yeah, I will bet. I would bet there will be. You know, I think the 
I think the the way that the the the, the pejorative that a lot of people are going to take that like you know as I said earlier a lot of the a lot of people my age are asking the question like why are they doing this right and I think a lot mm-hmm. of the a lot of the pejorative that you're going to see for for this show is baby trek like they're going to be like why um, this is... go maybe I don't know man but the show is I mean the first episode was so yeah. Uh, yeah i thought it was wonderful and i think it's perfect i thought it was wonderful and it's perfect for what it's perfect for what you want to do with something like this with an aging franchise that kind of needs something like this um so yeah we'll get into that that sorry man Yeah, I mean, with all these shows they have planned, if you want this thing to still be going on by, I don't know. I hear something. I I have no idea what happened with him. I don't know. Still says he's connected, so I'm I'm not sure. Um, Well, he's in the other room, so we don't have to deal with echo stuff. Like last time we did the same room. Okay, so you guys are in the same place, at least. Okay. I mean, I'm in the same apartment, just different rooms. Right. Um, and if he has a problem, you could always come in and just share a computer. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, okay. don't worry about it, dude. <laughs> All right, good. Um, so let's try to hit the plot here. So was anyone else in- intrigued by the idea that this basically started off in the Delta Quadrant again? I thought that was a neat choice. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so it opens on a it opens on a prison planet in the Delta Quadrant where uh, this guy called the oh okay uh, where this guy called the Diviner is like in yep. charge of this in charge of this prison camp essentially um, and this Diviner character is clearly looking for something we don't really know what it is at this point but. Um, he's clearly looking mining crystals of some sort. Okay. Is that what all those pink crystals were toward the end? Is I that guess what... so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they end up but finding... still looking for something other than the crystals. Okay. Yeah, he's clearly looking for something beyond what the goal of this, this prison colony is. Um, and he... The Diviner, voiced by John Noble, who was excellent. Yep. Um, he's probably the oh, yeah. other... I love that guy. Yeah, other than Mulgrew, he's probably the biggest name in here. Um, and I think that's also a, a smart choice to not have this bogged down with, like, recognizable people either. Um, I mean, it's still people you know. Like, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, there were, it wasn't like, here are your ten super famous people to do all these roles. Oh, yeah. Um, a few recognizable ones. Yep. So it focuses on a character named oh. Dahl of a species that we've never seen that we know of. He's kind of nobody like, knows the species. Yeah. He, he doesn't even know. Planet. Yeah. He doesn't even know what his own species is, which is an, an interesting thing. I think one of the, probably the running mysteries of this show is going to be him figuring out his heritage too. Um, yeah. I like so the he, fact that they have so much mystery in the show. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool way to start and they're not, you know, and I got to figure on well, a children's show. You just got to remember, like, with stuff like that, you're trying to intrigue kids into liking yeah. this. 
Like, yep. You know, yeah. us, it's funny because like us as an adults, we're probably going to love this show to some extent more than the kids just because it's more appealing to us as Trek fans. Yeah. And like you're a kid, that, but he's like, you can still pull a kid and you can watch this together. No problem. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I think if, I, you know, if I had a younger child that I was watching this with, I think you would you'd be enjoying this on like two different levels almost. So, sure. yeah. So you have this this prison colony going on where there's all these different kinds of aliens there and they're ostensibly mining those crystals that you were talking about. But obviously the diviner has other goals, which is quite obvious from the get go. Um, and you're you're even led to believe that it has something to do with, with the Federation. So even if you don't, even if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen any of the ads for this show, which are quite clear about what the premise is, um, you know, you're at least given to believe that there is something, even this far out into the Delta Quadrant, there is something that would, that would catch the Federation's attention if they somehow found out that this guy was doing this. Yeah. Uh, did Did any of you guys actually uh, found yourself when I mean, and I'm skipping up, uh, skipping up a little bit because uh, you mentioned Starfleet, but usually the symbol for the the Starfleet logo that's uh, that's that's the com badge usually is uh, made. They put a, the alternate future symbol in there later on when they discover okay. uh, whatever. And yeah. It's clearly set in sometime in the future, and yeah. especially because there's a Tellarite in the prison camp, and it's set in Delta Quadrant. For me, that was uh, one of the most fascinating things about the show. Yeah, I think you're going to find out that it's it's set after Nemesis, probably. And uh, one thing that because Janeway reaches the rank of Admiral, if you go by the yep. the yep. regular timeline, I think you're going to find out that at some point she or somebody in Starfleet sent ships back to the Delta Quadrant because there were, there were things uh, that they still had to do there. And then that's how this, okay. So we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll um, get to that. Yeah. So doll is trying to find a way off this planet. It probably kind of sucks there. Um, <laughs> obviously it's prison. Uh, so one of the, one of the things I thought was interesting was the, the people running the prison don't allow translators. So you have all these different aliens that can't communicate with each other at all. Um, which I thought yeah, was... Yeah, they, they minimize the escape plans because, like, if you can't communicate with somebody, you can't plan an escape. Yeah, you're, you're not going to coordinate something like that if nobody can understand each other. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Dahl meets this big, giant, like, pink rock, rock monster thing that he's sort of able to like uh, through like pantomiming and drawings and stuff is able to at least get him not to kill him. And they, you know, like that. Yeah. So they, they go looking around for things and this is where I kind of blank out a little bit. So like, I know they did the mining thing at one point and they ended up in the finding where all those pink crystals were. Um, So they fell through some crevice because they kind of had the tassel Mm-hmm. And uh, built some crevice, and they ended up where all those crystals were. But they all starfleet ship, right? And actually, this is—we'll go back a little bit. You—you you also find out that the diviner has a daughter named Gwyn who works for him. That 
they have this whole thing that they're trying to find um like somebody who's infiltrating the 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 prison for reasons uh yeah, yeah, did, zero. yeah did you all find it uh confusing a little bit how all those kids ended up uh, being in prison basically well not really because, because this is a kid's show yeah, but that was kind of something I was wondering. Are we supposed to figure out that they're all they're all going to end up being like Tom Paris and sort of have like criminal past that we're going to get into, or were they just? Were I don't they think just so. Like, I think they were just there. And I, I another wonder, thing that I don't know if I did this wrong, but the Diviner and Gwyn, they're also like two re- last remaining members of the species. If yes, I he did. Correctly. He did say that. I remember hearing yeah. that. Um, I think you're. It's not that they're all that everyone at the prison was criminals. I think the diviner just wanted slave labor, so he just started kidnapping pretty people. Much, pretty um, much, yeah. Yeah, I think so, you're gonna have like a lot of war friends and stuff. Yeah. So Dahl makes In sort there. of a sort of a you know, I don't know how how aggressively he intends to follow through on this, but he sort of makes a deal with Gwen that he'll help her find this infiltrator person, and that's how he ends up on that mining crew. Um, so then they do find the, the, a crashed like Federation ship on this planet. Um, and doll and the big pink monster go into it. And then the, uh, the, so the pink apparently... monster is called uh, rock tack. Well, yeah, it was rock tack. Right. So once <laughs> they walk, once they walk onto the ship, the, uh, universal translator just kind of starts working and they can understand each other. Well, uh, Rock Talk picks up the com badge. Oh, it was the badge. And then, okay. Yes, and then the translator oh. starts working. Yep. Yeah, you're right. There, there was a combat. So they, when they go up there to uh, recruit the engineer, Rock Talk brings the com badge with her. That right. way so they can understand each other. Understand each other. What was the engineer's name? Uh, Compog, if I got that correct. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. I just missed his name. He's just the the voice actor was the only other person I recognized, so I just kind of went by the actor's name. <laughs> well, we're gonna yeah. What was that? No, I didn't say anything. I think Boris started too, though. No, just keep going, man. Okay. Hey, Boris, so... can you dump them by your mic? You're very low. I don't know if it's same for John. Can you? I can hear you okay, but you're very like quiet. I'm not because I'm not talking, dude. No, I mean no. when you are talking. He's fine when he's talking. Uh, um, yep. So uh, the one the one uh, character that they did introduce that I was really impressed by, only mostly because it's such a it's such a franchise deep cut uh, that I never would have thought it would have been something they would have used was Zero. Um, they find a Medusan, uh, that is willing to help them. Um, does anyone else remember where the Medusans were from? Is that from the OST? Yes. Yeah. Cause, the... uh, when they said Medusan, I like it ring, rung a bell, but I couldn't place them. Yeah. Specifically, I believe from the episode, uh, is there in truth, no beauty, uh, where, um, the Enterprise meets up with this telepathic woman who works with a Medusan. And in the 60s, the Medusan was just in a box that, you know, because they had that premise of like, uh, 
anybody who looks at it directly goes insane. Um, and it was just, I think Spock does it at one point. Ah, and it, yeah, 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 he does. And he kind of goes almost insane. Yep. And I think he goes temporarily blind as a result. Um, it's possible. There's a whole, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a whole yeah, yeah. Thing blind for half an episode or something. Um, and so they just used, you know, they don't actually ever show an alien. It's just a bot. And like anytime they open it, they just it's an excuse to throw some like psychedelic lights up and whatever. Um, so 60s. I, yeah, so I actually kind of respected that in the sense of like, unless you know, it's possible they were ordered by Paramount to do this character, but like to me, that tells me that the people who did this show have enough knowledge of the franchise that they pull something like that out where. I think most of your fans are barely even going to remember that. Um, and I even only remembered it because I probably watched all of TOS. With- um, yeah, last time I-, I watched TOS was, what, two or three years ago. Yeah, but I did think that was a neat that was a neat uh, character to pull out. And so they get the uh, engineer guy. I'm comp- more fascinated that they're using Alpha Quadrant species in the Delta Quadrant. That's what's fascinating to me. Yeah. I think there's going to, I wonder if you're going to find out something like the diviner is just randomly pulling people off of planets. Oh, and, you mean like uh, the caretaker or? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I, man. Cause like I said, I think this is set in alternate future, like maybe like 30 or to 50 years into the future. Yeah. Which we'll kind see of where. Allows, which would allow somebody from Alpha Quadrant to kind of get close to Delta Quadrant in a way yeah. and then they could be pulled off or something or either they found a faster way to travel between uh, yep. between uh, I I didn't realize we were in the delta quadrant until one of the opening scenes like Gwyn goes and gets like a prisoner transport and it's and it's it's a Kazon ship and you see a guy come out with the big Kazon hair yeah for like, me for me, the whole atmosphere felt like Delta Quadrant for some reason. Yep. I don't know why, but as Miller said in the, at the beginning, the whole vibe of the show reminds him of, uh, you know, Clone Wars and Star Wars yeah. Rebels and stuff. Yeah, but when it comes to Star Wars, Disney does it so that basically the background, it kind of blends into the characters so the characters stand out. Here, yeah. everything is standing and popping out because they want to focus on the environments and the characters at the same time. So to me, when when, when the show opens up, when they, you know, show this planet and the mines and the species, all I, I got immediate sense that we were in the Delta Quadrant for some reason. Yeah. But I wasn't sure until I saw the Kazon. So. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this show can redeem the Kazon to a degree. Um... To a degree. <laughs> But yeah, so well, then you never know what they have planned. So yeah, it's and, be interesting as they go exploring, because I'm I'm guessing now that they, they ship, they're gonna go exploring a lot. So yeah, yep. Um, and then you the last character I and Gwen somehow ends up with them. I think I missed this. Like I think she catches them and then they just end up sort of taking her along. Yeah, um, they kind of kidnapped her. Right. Yeah, they kind of kidnapped her. And then you have the the weird like slug alien who yep. uh, and they they called him Murph. Is that because wasn't he saying that? And then they were just no, like, oh, they just said his name is Murph or something. I would okay, like to, I thought, to call him Squishy. 
Okay, because I thought he was making a, I thought at one point he was making a noise that kind of sounded like Murph, and then they were like, oh, that must be his name. No, I didn't, because he wasn't talking, you know, because even the Universal Translator didn't uh, translate anything, so he obviously wasn't saying much. But he right. knew his way around the starship, because he was yeah. the one that, like, basically... As far as, like, yeah, uh, later I... on, like, you know... When they were firing uh, phasers, like he was the one doing it. So yeah, he always I saw, was smart. I saw, I, saw panel, I saw a panel during that Star Trek Day thing that they did on the internet a couple months mm-hmm. ago, where they interviewed a lot of the people on this show, and they had the actor that does the Merv voice, and he was just like, "Oh, he's just always going to make noises. You're never going to hear him like full and speak ever." Um, so I thought that was an interesting. And the fact that he wasn't the mascot, and like you said, he actually did stuff was yeah. Kind of did, he wasn't just along for the ride. Because I was just yeah. like, oh, this is a kid show. They'll just have a they'll just have a mascot character where he just makes cute jokes, a couple cute jokes every half an hour, and yeah, then and he's gonna be on Nickelodeon, so you know there's gonna be like a slime in there. So hence Murph. Yeah. But, you know, and, yeah. Speaking of slime, he does kind of remind me of Slimer from Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So then the whole the whole first episode is basically them trying to get off the uh, the prison planet. The prison planet. Yeah. Um. So, and then you know, so there's some interpersonal dynamic stuff. I mean, I I did kind of wonder like, did they all want to leave, or was it just Doll wanted to leave, and they all just kind of got roped into it? Because it didn't seem to me like the engineer guy really wanted to go anywhere. He just wanted to dick with the ship some. <laughs> well, yeah, but he he's definitely wanted he's to dick with the he ship. He doesn't want to do anything. But I think he was like... They got him on board because, like, you know, they told him basically, Dal was like, well, I bet you can't fix the ship. And he was like, well, watch me. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that's basically what it was. Yep. Stupid and obviously, I think... Obviously, I think there's going to be, like, conflict between Dahl and Gwyn as to who's actually in charge during the course of this. Um, wherever... Yeah, because it's, and it's the funny thing is because to uh, figure out how they're going to fly the ship out. They talked about uh, how many people they actually needed uh, to run the ship. Oh, yeah, he, he asked, I want to say zero, Dahl Yeah, asked I think her. it was zero. Doll asked for like, like you're gonna need like twenty something yep. like people to actually run this ship or sixteen yeah. appendages or something like that. Yeah. He said something like, "We only have three people. Can you can this ship actually be run that way?" And then she goes, "No, you need like thirty, but you can also, you know, as long as you have X number of appendages, whatever it was, 16, you should I be think able was. To, should be able to at least do something." Um, and I like the I like the design of the ship actually too. I was kind of impressed Same. with the design. Yeah, uh, did you yep. get the Prometheus USS Prometheus vibe? It did look a lot like the Prometheus. Yeah, I you know what? And I didn't realize that until you just said it. But I remember I watched this yesterday, and I remember looking at it, going, "That does look like a familiar design, but I can't place yeah, it in the second USS Prometheus, man." Yeah, I don't second... know if it can. I don't know if it can split into three parts. Which would also oh, be that's cool. right. That was the ship that did that. I don't then know, again, that would be cool if it does it, but still, yeah. it's a cool design. If it was a Prometheus class ship, wouldn't we have had Andy Dick 
as the hologram instead of uh, well, if it's later into, if it's well, here's the thing. I don't think it's Prometheus class. Uh, might give yeah. the rise, but I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's going to be something totally different. Plus, uh, we don't know who who runs uh, who's a medical doctor. We don't know who who has uh, which hologram does that. I don't think Janeway does it. Yeah, but although that would be cool. Although that would be cool. Well, they. I bet they could get Picardo to come back too. I mean, dude, I would love that. You know, I, I he, would so love that. He, he seems crazy. game for everything. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I saw, I saw the guy who plays, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy who plays Julian Bashir. I saw him the other day in in one of the episodes of the Foundation. And oh, uh, I think it would today, be cool. If we got yeah. Bashir again. That would also oh, he, be cool. he would be great. Yeah, I'd love to see him come back for something. Um, and I guess, you know, I think we talked about this, but uh, when I went to the, there was a Voyager panel at the convention in Vegas yep. and Beltran let out that he was going to be on this show. Um, I don't think it's going to be much. I bet he shows up once. But, it's probably uh, going to be a hologram simulation or something. Yeah, he said he did some stuff with Mulgrew. Um, so I'm sure he'll show up in one of the simulations. Um but hey, as how, uh, did anybody Well, else here's the man? thing uh, as far as doctor goes. Uh, they have Jason Alexander playing a doctor. So I'm oh, guessing he shows up next episode. Jason Alexander is <laughs> doing this show? Yeah. Oh man. He's the doctor. Holy crap. I've, wow. also, I've I've also started a Seinfeld new watch recently. Uh, that might get oh, a lot same same. Yeah, I came Jason to Netflix, Alexander I like, well, was... I'm going to watch it. He was already on Voyager, you know. Yeah, would he, sh- would he show up as Kuros? I wonder. Uh, no, he's Doctor Gnome. Okay, they yeah, because he was name. he was on uh, that Think Tank episode of Voyager. Yep. Too, yep, one of, as yep. Boris just mentioned. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple plot-wise because I mean, the whole oh, show is just them trying to get off the planet. Um, oh yeah, I, anybody can follow along. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that, like, at the uh, I think one of them says the word help, and then it like in a sentence, and then it triggers the uh, yep. the holographic version of Janeway shows up. Um, yeah. did anybody with, else uh, get uh, butterflies in their stomach when they saw Janeway again? I thought it was cool. I'm not, I'm not a huge woman. I, I'm, I'm not a, a big fan, fan of Janeway, man. But I mean, I did think it was cool just for like the. That was the moment where I was like, okay, we are now legitimately in a Star Trek show if one of them shows up, you know. Um, <laughs> and Chicote uh, still has to make an appearance. I love seeing Janeway, man. Yeah, I, guess, I, I think he'll... We'll probably get him in next... But you're going to have to fill up the ship somehow. So it's going to yeah. be really interesting to see what happens because I'm uh, EMD, EMDB and I'm looking and there's stuff here. Like, there's ensigns and, like, commanders and captains. It's weird. So they're going to have to fill well, up the ship. There'll be people showing I up. I wonder if you're eventually going to see some kind of of full-on Federation presence here, too. Although, why you wouldn't just immediately take the ship away from them at that point, I have no idea. Well, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, if your theory um, holds true, John, if uh, Federation sent out ships... Like it could just be an empty ship. I mean, it's pretty much brand new. Yeah. It's not lost. Well, I was just yeah, going to say, they also have to explain how the ship ended up there. 
Yeah, but I think because you know, here's the thing: the whole like, there's no way Diviner isn't coming after them. Oh no! So yeah, you know this whole gonna be- series gonna be exploring, and he's gonna be chasing them. Yep. No, I think, and I think depending on how many episodes they do, they'll have like diversionary things where they go like explore stuff, and it doesn't really do that much with the Diviner thing. But I do think that's gonna be the overall, at least for the first season of it is like they're trying to this guy wants this ship for whatever reason and he's just trying to get it away from them um i did well, so like so far lot of- there's only nine episodes of this i don't know whether they're gonna be doing more well, te- technically it's probably 10 the the standard for animation for them with these shows if you go by lower decks is 10 so if they count the first yeah. one as two because of the the 45 minutes then you're probably yep. at 10 anyway um yes, possibly but but yeah, I, I was really impressed by this. I mean, I think it was an effective thing for kids to watch and maybe get into get into more of this franchise as this goes on. Um, it had enough in it where I wasn't like, oh, I'm so clearly watching a kid's show. I'm just watching this out of momentum. What am I doing here? Um, no, man. No. I, I had clear Oh, yeah. Definitely like There's it no hooks you, no. Yeah. I love the... I love the um, the very intro, like they started to play the, you know, you see like a shot of a star field and they start to play the TOS theme, but it goes for like 10 or 15 seconds and then it stops and you're just yeah. dropped. And right you get into the, the Michael Giacchino score, which was pretty spectacular. Yeah. I was and, like, it's probably my favorite now. So, yep. Yeah. And you're just dropped right in the middle of it. And I was like, okay, well, you're, they're clearly trying to tell you that you're in this universe, but who knows what this is going to be going forward, you know? Yeah. which I think is a, an interesting way to go. Um, so, yeah, I was very impressed. Uh, we'll have to talk about whether we want to try to do this on a weekly basis as this goes on or do like a like a season wrap-up thing as um, once it ends. Um, so, but yeah, I would, I would recommend this to any Trek fan who's at least willing to sit through the first one and give it a look. Uh, Justin. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, yeah, Justin, do it. Well, he's finally getting Paramount Plus, apparently. Yep, um, yep. So he says he said his little sister had things she wanted to watch on it, which I think is code for I'm getting sick of listening to John bitch at me about not watching this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna <laughs> give it a go. So, yeah, so uh, I would, you know, I would recommend this for any. Any Trek fan who's at least willing to give it a shot. If you're a Trek fan who has children that you want to try to get them into it, this would probably this is be definitely a good, way to go. This would probably be a good starting point. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I mean, I, I'm considering mm-hmm. the can- the canvas that they put this show on. I'm I'm really interested to see where they could take this. Yep. Yeah, agreed I mean, wholeheartedly. You could do any one of a thousand things with this premise, and you know it's it's vague enough at this point where where they could. I think the one thing they could do with the like the long term storytelling that would kind of turn me off is obviously you know they've raised a lot of questions about who or what this doll character actually is. So if he, you know, and obviously he doesn't even know what his species are, who is who his family is or anything like that. If he ends up being some sort of like chosen one for his species or whatever, that would kind of turn me off. 
because I, I don't think, think that... he's the chosen one, but I think he belongs to a species that's so uh, that's more evolved than most other species in the yeah. See that galaxies. I can see. I just you know if he becomes like your latest like chosen I don't think he's character, or something. I'd be like no. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's a good chance it could be um it could be he's just from a a more evolved species that most people aren't even aware of. And I I do like, you know, the fact that this is an animated show means like you don't have to keep to you don't have to keep to like what could be done in a physical environment like the a character like Rucktack would never exist on a live action show. Like you couldn't do that. Nope. nope. Or, or mean, it would be, maybe you could. I who knows. Or it would be like all CGI and whatever. And oh uh, yeah, it should definitely be CGI. And it would be so out, it would be so out of proportion that it would just look weird next to like real people. Um, yeah, but with animation, with animation, you basically have free reign as long as you keep the story like, like you said, as long as you don't blow it out of proportion. I think. This has potential to be a really good show. Oh yeah, I think I saw the bridge. I mean, the bridge looks spacious enough. Yeah, I like the design. That was a that was a bridge design where I was like, oh, this is clearly a Starfleet ship, but it's a it's a bridge design we've never really seen. Yep, like, and I love it a lot. I really yeah, yeah. I, if it ca- happens in the future, which kind of does, it can be a whole new class of starships. Yeah, no, I was really impressed by that. Um, yeah, and I and I do think they're gonna. I do think they're gonna answer some of the questions that we have about how you know a lot of the questions we have about the premise right now. But I do think this show will probably avoid like the the flat out info dumps that a lot of the quote unquote grown up Trek can sometimes have. Like I feel like you're gonna get that stuff, but it's gonna be in far smaller doses because they're going to want to make it palatable to children rather than here spend 15 minutes of a 30 minute episode basically being lectured like that just isn't going to work for this kind of show no if you're going to keep their attention you got to give them you can't give them that stuff do you think we're going to get a q episode um i don't think so i would say no only because i don't think you know if they're intentionally trying to emphasize how young these characters are and i get why you would do that given the audience i just don't see how a bunch of 15 year olds are going to be able to deal with q uh that's the thing man that's the thing like q is so unpredictable and crazy like he could do something just for the kids you know yeah like a little lower level you know yeah but then you also have to explain to your viewers who are your target audience here is kids who are going to be like, well, who's this guy? So if you and don't make anyway, it interesting enough... Anyway, just tell them, ignore him, ignore him, ignore him. As you say that, though, I just well, had that's to... going to be... Yeah, but that's really stepping away from target audience. That's yeah. like what uh, somebody who's already a Trek fan would want to see. But you're a kid, and they're clearly targeting kids. I don't see it happening. If if you see if something like that happens, if you're gonna see like more overt connections to the franchise, I think you can eventually get that. But I think you've got to get through the first season of this at least without doing that too much, because oh I yeah, think you've got, definitely. You've got then to you can later on you can start tying it to other stuff. Yep, 
You've got to use this to, to hook your new younger audience into this. And then if this goes a couple of years, you can start to seed that stuff throughout it. But then it becomes like, oh, hey, you know, you've been into this for a couple of years now. If you want to learn more about this thing, go watch this, you know. Um, yep. Although I, I do have an interesting thought, Boris. Once you mentioned Q, I mean, Q is I mean, basically happened. Q is basically a giant fifteen-year-old anyway. So yes, like, exactly. Maybe it would be interesting to see these kids kind of have to deal with him on his own level because. Yeah, but you gotta remember, that's... you gotta remember the Q that we know played by John Delancey. He grew up kind of. He has a son. So True. maybe we could get yeah. the junior version or something. I'm not saying oh, it has that, to be John Delancey. That would be great. Bringing I mean, bring in Q Jr. Yeah. Um, plus, I think Delancey's going to be a little busy with this season of Picard, but that's just me. Well, it's all audio anyway. Like, he can go into the True. studio and shoot his the lives voice, whenever he the, does. The voice stuff isn't too hard. So, yeah. Um, very impressed overall. Uh, was not expecting a whole lot. Um, figured it would be pretty to look at at least, but was not expecting a whole lot. Yeah, thought it's it would so be, amazing to watch. It's ridiculous. Thought it would be way more pandering than it actually it was. I mean, you know, I think that I think they're aware that you know you want the younger audience, but you also have to have to have something in it that's going to pique the interest of the people that have been watching this crap for 30, 40 years. Yeah, I think um, it panders a lot, but it's in a subdued way. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I think he does the job pretty well in the end. Yeah. No, I I was very impressed. I'm definitely going to – I would definitely be – even if we weren't considering doing weekly reviews of this show, I would probably watch this anyway just because yeah. – Oh, yeah. So, We're watching this anyway. So like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm also – I will freely admit I'm also a sheep for these things. But, you know, <laughs> if this had been really bad – I probably would have just watched the first one and been like, okay, well, I don't need to watch any more of this because this clearly is yeah, not. Yeah, like it sucks. I'm not watching this. Yeah, like, it was like it, the same thing with the. Uh, this goes uh, back to Star Wars, but Star Wars had the third animated uh, series. Oh, that Resistance the Wars, Rebels, and another one. Resistance. It was Resistance. Resistance was so. I come. I started watching first episode and I was like, man, this is for like three year olds. I'm not on this. Yeah, so I'm really glad that didn't happen with Prodigy. Yeah, now, if that happened, I'd be like, "Yep, I'm out." Now, where but, do you think? I'm surprised there was not. Where do we think the title of this show comes from? Because it wasn't ever used. It's name of the ship, and uh, I think it has a lot Is to it? do with. Yeah, it's the name of the ship. It, you can see it on the title sequence. Because because I've heard the um, I've heard the you know some of the. Uh, and I haven't seen like plot summaries for the episodes coming up or anything, but some of the the promotional stuff refers to the ship as the Protostar. I think I saw the opening sequence says USS Prodigy. Hmm. But I could yeah. be wrong. I could be wrong, probably, but I think I'm not. It probably. I is think, yeah, I also think it has a lot to do with the Wesley Crusher character because. He was somewhat of a prodigy, and I think they wanted to do I really hope he doesn't have anything to do with the culture. Yeah. That's all right. I want to say. I'm not a Wesley Crusher fan. We well, Although it would be cool to see him come up in a way, because he changed a lot. Well, the, the way they the did, uh, way they did they him did. in uh, Next Generation, I have no... There's no reason to bring him back. 
He yeah, wouldn't be the I mean, same, dude. He wouldn't be the I mean, same. He wouldn't be I mean, the same. Well, I know, but we still. Kind of... And how do you explain that to kids? Oh, this is Wesley Crusher. He was in TNG. Go watch TNG. It. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to explain it. Because that's another one where you're placating to already Trek fans. They this never is really a explained the Traveler. Show. They never really yeah. explained the Traveler either. And I, I still love the Traveler, dude. I would love to see a show. Yeah, he got it's only like, first episode. Like, no. it has stuff to explain from the first episode. And you're like, oh, nah, let's get Q, I... and let's get Crusher, and let's get... Like, I'm just saying, man, anything is Simmer possible. down, you man. Simmer you down. You don't have to explain everything, man. Yeah. They're no, not I, explaining I, everything at all anyway. As of yet, they could easily put yeah, a version of Wesley we're one episode in. in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I so think, honestly, time. yeah. No, I've been, I was very impressed. I do think, Milos, you bring up the point that you don't want to overload this show with too much of that stuff right away. Um, oh yeah, like like you mentioned, like two seasons right in, sure, but this is like first season, and you're like you're creating a whole new fan base. Yeah, I would love to see that's a lot the, of those of the yeah. show. Right. So bringing the stuff from other continuities in here makes sense, but not immediately. Nobody's yeah. going to love this. Right now, you I'm want kids saying. to fall in love with these characters. And then throw other characters. stuff at them. I already love these characters. Unfortunately, the one the one thing I want to see in uh, the one return I want to see in Trek in general is, uh, and not necessarily in this show, but just at any point in general, would be Cisco. Um, oh, for sure. And I I think they've been. I saw recently that Avery Brooks has said he wants absolutely nothing to do with them anymore. So <laughs> I don't I don't think we're ever going to see that. Unfortunately. <laughs> Um, one thing I found out recently and, and, you know, maybe we'll eventually do this episode one day, but, uh, I did recently finish deep space nine with my wife and, uh, I did some research around some of the final season stuff. Apparently Brooks really objected to that ending. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I yeah. read an interview or something. He I, don't said. Know yeah. how I know he did, but I don't know like in detail how bad. Oh, he, he objected. He objected I know to he didn't like it. You've seen the all. ending, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he objected to the idea that Cisco would willingly leave his wife and child because he thought it he thought Avery Brooks thought it perpetuated the idea that black men leave their wives. Hmm. Uh, that's a little bit narrow minded of him in my opinion, but who am I to judge? Yeah, I mean, you know, there yeah, was a but lot when you of... look at like Cisco as a character in whole, it's like, yeah, I don't think he would willingly leave. Like, you know, even the way they did end the show, it's still like, I can get his point of view. Yeah, what I'm saying for sure. Maybe eventually we'll get into some of those. Um, but yeah, so this this was very good. I was very pleased with the end product here. Uh, hopefully they'll. They'll maintain this level of quality, and it wasn't just a let's put everything behind the pilot, and then the rest of it kind of sucks. Um, but Hopefully. we'll obviously, yeah. But we'll obviously we'll see, see what we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, so Looking thanks forward for to it. Yeah. So I think we're gonna hold off on Matter of Honor for a little bit. We'll probably do that sometime in the next couple of weeks. Milos, do you have one offhand? Because you've never actually you've been on a bunch of these, but you've never actually picked one. Yeah, Misha, do it. I do have one offhand. 
if I'm not mistaken, this would be season four of Voyager, and it would be a message in a bottle. Yep. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, let's oh. do it. Because that's yeah. one of those, like, uh, because we watched Voyagers as kids, and then later on, when I rewatched uh, Voyager after I grew up, it was like one of those episodes that really stuck with me. Even yep. before, you know, when I didn't understand what was going on, it was like, yeah, I remember this episode. So I started watching that again. Um, I, I know I had mentioned that in the giant rewatch I've been doing, I kind of stopped with yeah. that for a while. Because yes. the, the, the pre-7 and 9 stuff gets pretty bad. And, you know, so I, I kind of picked up again. I'm up to Day of Honor. Um, Ooh, okay. So I don't this think is two or three? Four. Early four. Oh, this already four. Right, right, right. right yeah. Right, so I just yeah. did Scorpion and The Gift. <laughs> Ah, okay. Cool. You're up to, you're up to day of honor now. So, nice. uh, yeah. So we will uh, plan on our next two of these to be recorded and released at some later date to be uh, TNG season two episode eight, a matter of honor, and a uh, message in a bottle from Voyager. So, oh man, those are two so great episodes. Episode. episode fourteen. Oh, is it fourteen? Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out how far away I am from actually getting to that one. I just I'm up to four point four, I guess, yeah. or four point three. So I've still got a little bit to get to from there. So, um, dude, you're getting there... to the good episodes, man. Yeah, no, it gets better once Jerry Ryan shows up. for other for other than the obvious aesthetic reasons, but of uh... course. <laughs> Because I I think they kind of naturally <laughs> they kind of they kind of lucked out with her in that the their sole goal was TNA, but she also ended up being a pretty good actress too. Yes, yes, yeah. she did. She's an amazing actress. Even when you watch her in other stuff, that woman is amazing. Yeah, I um, and it was great one... seeing her again in Picard as well. Yeah, and I gotta say, you know, and I'm generally not the. Uh, the aesthetically driven guy all that much, but I'm actually of the belief that she looks better now, not in that stupid outfit they made her wear all the time. Oh yeah. That totally goes back to aesthetics. Like, yeah, like boobs and ass. We need boobs yeah. and ass. We just clearly something really tight so it shows. Yeah. Yep. And I just I mean if you read I disagree that... with the both of you. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I don't know if you guys have seen for aesthetic I, reasons. And I can send you the link for these. I read these a couple years ago. They, uh, you guys are familiar with the concept of those oral histories, right? Like the books that are just like collections of interviews yeah. with people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite writers of those kind of things did a giant two vol two volume thing on, on Trek to coincide with the 50th anniversary. So it was a couple of years ago now. And most of the section on Voyager talks about how Kate Mulgrew hated her for yep. most of the run of that show because they did, she, yep. was like, she was like, we don't need TNA and all that crap. And, and apparently UPN was very open with the cast about how the sole reason for hiring her was TNA. Um, yeah, but they got so much more than TNA. They did, absolutely did. And uh, there's a whole thing in the in the in that book about how 
the costume was even rough on her because she used to regularly pass out because she couldn't fucking breathe in that thing. Yep, yep, yeah, she... Oh, she yeah, he was really tight. Yeah. Um, the one thing I hope they do on on Picard, if she... Because it reads to me like she's going to be in it more this year than she was the first season because she's barely in the first season all that... She's not really in the she first season all that first, much. Yeah. Um, I want to see... You know whether they do it through just just dialogue or if they actually show some of this. She and Picard already knew each other when that yeah. show starts, and I want to see that. Like, I hope maybe yeah, they how did will, they meet? Will somehow talk about like how did they come to know each other? You know, was it some like former Borg support group or something? Or <laughs> probably Borg, Borg Nemesis. Well, you have yeah. to remember, Picard was the only expert on the Borg in the Alpha Quadrant before Janeway showed up with all the with all the information from the Delta Quadrant. So probably when Voyager came back, of course, uh, the two of them probably met her like almost right after. It's, it's yeah, my guess. yeah. Um, have you guys seen the uh, the the second season trailer for Picard that came out recently. We're not watching it. We're not watching it. Oh, that's right. You guys don't do the trailer thing. Okay, so no, yeah, we'll, no, no, we won't. We won't talk about that then. Um, <laughs> yep. I think it sounds like that's supposed to come out in like early twenty two. They haven't put a date on it yet, but um, I think it's probably going to be sometime like January, February, March. Well, Discovery is uh, starting soon. Too, so November 18th. starting like November, yeah. November eighteenth. Um, so yeah, we'll have to talk about maybe we'll maybe we'll do some version of like what Josh and I used to do with the the CW pods, where we'll you know if we decide to do it on a weekly basis, maybe we'll do Prodigy and that because I think there will be some overlap there. Um, for at least a couple weeks, there might be like four or five weeks of overlap. Somewhat. Probably um, that would be cool. Okay, so Picard is supposed to start February third. Really? So they say. Okay, that'd be that'd be right around like, you know what? You know what would be really ballsy, and I don't know if if CBS would do this. I what? I gotta see who has the Super Bowl this year, because oh um, yeah, if they really want to, you know, and they'll they'll give it to one of their network shows or something. If, if they do, but the really ballsy thing to do, especially if you want to promote this Paramount Plus thing, which they seem to be more into the promotion of that than they ever were in, when it was all access, um, put the first ep- put the first episode of Picard season two on after the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be fucking well, yeah, great because you're gonna have the whole all that audience. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be that that would be great. Like That'll and that would be that would be huge for that ratings wise, I bet. And uh that might actually get the the bump to Paramount Plus that they thought Discovery was gonna do, which I don't think it ever really did. Um Maybe. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm actually of the belief that they're putting out this much they're putting this much Star Trek stuff on Paramount Plus because they know the vast majority of their subscriber base to that is people who who are buying it to watch this crap? Yep. <laughs> Do we have any so it looks idea? Looks like NBC is, uh, has the Super Bowl this year. Okay, so it wouldn't be this year. Okay. Do we have any idea when uh, Strange New World is going to start too? 
Misha, can you check it? Because oh, I yeah. really want to see that show. Look it up. I would bet it would be after Picard. It's it's probably going to be next year, but I bet it's going to be after Picard. Probably, maybe, unless they want to do four Star Trek shows at the same time. Yeah, but I right. I think their goal. I think their goal. I've I've heard that their stated goal on Paramount Plus is just to have some Star Trek thing on year round. So yeah, like, yeah, they would. So yeah, you you wouldn't have like two shows going at the same time, but you would yeah, have like. Show follows the show. Show follows the show. Yeah, because I think I think Picard probably won't start until Discovery season four ends. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, because they usually have what uh, what 15, 16 episodes. Uh, for Discovery. Yeah, it's the the number has been different a couple years, but it's usually around yeah. fifteen. I think yeah, last year we're really trying to tell one story in the season, so they yep. I guess they adjusted that, which is a good yep. thing actually. I wish more people, more shows would do that. Yeah, actually, Instead the funny of... thing is, the funny thing is, I think Strange New World is not going to do that. No, no, there it's going to be like uh, weekly episode, like villain of the yep. week stuff like that. Yep. There are some things that so I would kind of still didn't put out uh, air date for Strangey World. No date for that, huh? Yeah, yeah. They did, they did, and they. There's been no footage yet, but they did have a thing during that Star Trek Day thing that where like Anson Mount came out and talked about the show some more. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they did introduce some of the new characters and stuff, um, which I did think was kind of interesting. Um, they're gonna have you're gonna get your third actress to play Uhura at this point because they're gonna have Uhura as a cadet on this show, hmm. which is an interesting thought. Um, yeah, which so I that's, think you know, is something they shouldn't have messed around with, but I guess Uhura could have been on Enterprise no, I, with Spock, but still, I worry though that you're eventually gonna see baby versions of everyone. And I kind of hope they don't do that. Yeah, and there's gonna air on some baby channel. It's gonna be animated series. <laughs> yeah, or something. I just hope they. I just hope they don't. You know, because I mean, I think you got enough of that with the JJ stuff. I don't know that we need that again. I agree. Um, I agree. But we definitely need Christopher Pike stuff. So oh I'm yeah, that was Anson Mount and Ethan Peck were the highlights of Discovery season two for me, um, and. I had friends of mine and I that were calling for essentially calling for this strange new world show before, you know, it they would happen Yeah, before they were even remotely public about that being a thing. A yeah. bunch of my friends and I were like, Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if they took these two and gave them their own show, like put it on the enterprise and just do whatever. And then that's yeah, because there were such good additions to discovery. Yeah. Yep. No, and I was yeah. I was really impressed by Anson Mount mostly because Pike is, you know, I think Ethan Peck had a hard job because you know we've seen Spock yeah. multiple times, but Anson Mount was great, and Pike is sort of like. Actually, I was uh, more impressed with the guy who played Sarek. Oh, James Brain, yeah, yeah. Then the guy who played Spock, although the guy who played Spock also did a superb job. Yep, I was uh, bummed yeah, that Spock is already like a known quantity, you know. With Nemo, yeah. yeah, like Zachary Quinto, like he's been played by some pretty, you know. And Pike is Pike is largely 
unknown. Un- untrod ground. I mean, you have yeah. years of stuff you could do there if you wanted to. Like he um, was basically in two episodes of the original series. So yep. like you can do whatever you want with him. I yep. mean, we know and he I was, was the great captain, but that's about all we know. So I was kind of bummed. And, you know, maybe next year when this show is closer to airing or has aired already, that some some of these people will actually be there. But I was bummed that no one from Strange New Worlds was in Vegas. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, fucking well, it could be, it could be the, uh, next year. So, like, it's not out yet. So, what is the groundswell for that? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but now once it airs, like, you split your airs, like, around yeah. that time. I will say that, um, you know, and I had the, I had the, the basic get your picture taken with these people run-ins with like 15 or 16 actors or whatever. But uh, the guy who played Booker and the guy who played the Admiral on discovery were like two of the coolest guys I've ever met. And like, (laughs) they were, they were super excited to be there. You could tell it was like the first, one of them even said to me, it was like the first Star Trek con they'd ever been to. And like, because obviously they're new to the franchise, and there were none last year, so like, this was their first opportunity to go. And the guy that played Booker, like, I went into the photo thing, and he was, I could, I think he wanted to sit there with each person for like twenty minutes, and they wouldn't let him. (laughs) Yeah, and and he plays, and Booker is a cool character, so. Yeah, because he was asking me all this shit, like, where are you from? Why'd you come? You know, who'd you come here to see? And I was like, you man. Because you're awesome. <laughs> that was and, his day. and I actually told him, I was like, my wife asked, my wife's not here, but she required me to get this picture with you. Not that I wouldn't have anyway, but she was just like, oh, he's here. Get, get a picture with him, please. <laughs> so, yep. And I, Boris, I don't know if you, you heard this. I think we mentioned on one of the other things we did. I am going to that thing again. Yes, um, yes, you mentioned you will be going next year. Yeah, I, I uh, paid for an extra bed. So, yeah, I, I do have a hotel room with an extra bed, if uh, completely unintentional. But uh, well, you know the uh, the USA uh, doesn't require Croatians to get a visa anymore. So all I need is a airplane ticket. <laughs> yeah, that would be. We could do that. We could. You know, <laughs> I I don't think the day passes are that much. You know. Um, but yeah, it's set for, uh, I want to say it's like the 25th through the 28th of August next year. It's a day Ah. shorter than last year. Yeah. Then I cannot do it. Unfortunately, I'll be working. (laughs) Yeah. It's a day shorter than last year, but it's also at a different hotel. Um, What did you say were the dates? I want to say the 25th to the 28th, but if you want to, if you want to make a serious run at August, If you want to make a serious run at it, I'll get you the information. Yeah, Milos, uh, Milos could probably uh, he, he he Milos can get a holiday, a vacation easier. Plus, that's right around his birthday. So, oh, dude. yeah, my birthday is thirty first. Oh, that'd be fun. Like yeah, I we said, gotta, around his birthday. Yeah, we gotta. Um, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> well, we'll figure something out. I'm yeah, due for gotta, a trip to US anyway, so. Yeah, we got some time still. We'll figure out. I can always meet you out there. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, the All problem right, is once I come there, I'm not leaving. Oh, so gee. Like, well, and I have like I, I have so many couches I can surf on. 
Oh, yeah. you know a bunch of people here? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, so it's like, it's really you. like I'm going to be there for a day and leave. It's like, if I come there, I'm not. Oh, yeah. Ever. Well, the thing is, <laughs> thing is like four days, so we can at least do that. And then. Well, you know, we're, you know, if I, you know, win lottery or something, come into some money, I'm definitely there. Nice. Yeah, we'll leave that open then. Um, all right, boys, thanks for joining me. We will figure out later if we want to, you know, make this a weekly occurrence for the run of this show. Um, I'd love to do this on a weekly basis. Just oh, saying. really? Okay. Yeah, we can definitely do that then. Um, yeah, if you can pull it off, get our schedules together. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely look into that. Okay, and we'll I'll I'll make a list of the we have the next two like regular episode recordings planned. So I'll I'll try to watch that Voyager one in the near future, and then we'll figure out some time to do those. Well, you're season four, so it shouldn't be you know. Yeah, no, I should get there fairly soon. Um, yeah. As far as other things we're planning on, uh, Milos, you and I might be doing the uh, Doctor Who premiere. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Okay. Which I believe is actually, um, well, they're they're running it twice in the U.S. because it's it's running. BBC America is simulcasting it in about fifteen minutes to match with the the British time zone premiere. Ah, okay. They're gonna run it again at seven o'clock tonight. So, huh. um, so yeah, we'll yeah. have to figure out. Uh, We'll have to figure out exactly because I know we were going to try to do that tomorrow, but I'll, I'll yeah. shoot you. I'll shoot you a message offline because it's we can possibly do it. I just not sure exactly when we could start. Yeah, um, well, he's, like uh, tomorrow is our holiday here, so I'm basically off. So like whatever works for you, I can right uh, fit into what, my schedule. I, let me see when I get home. I might be able to because my wife has a condo board meeting at six thirty central. So I'm yeah. if I can. If I can get home early enough that we can get it in before that, that would probably be better. And we just put our clocks back last yeah. night. So now we're like, time differences is like minus one hour. So now we're okay. six from central instead of seven. Okay, so I'll touch base with you when I get home tomorrow. Maybe we can get it yeah. in before before yeah, she yeah. has Wait, stuff. Doctor Who is starting again? Yeah. yeah. Season Man, 13 starts tonight. Yep, six, nice. six, six episode season. Apparently, it's going to be one connected story, and then yep, yep. Um, they're going to apparently f- uh, she's not. This is her last regular year, but yes. then they're they're going to push off the regeneration to next year because they're going to give her like three one off specials over the course of twenty twenty two. Okay, and they're still doing the sixtieth year anniversary special as well. well so. Because that would be that would be uh, twenty three. So that well, yeah, but I think the plan is because they brought in, you know, they changed showrunners. Well, you know, starting sort of. from next season. Oh yeah, so well, it's we, gonna we be should... interesting to see what they do with that. Yep. Well, and considering who it is too, that's that's gonna be a a lot of people are gonna be happy about that. I think, but we can talk about that on the actual review yeah tomorrow uh, yeah yep we'll figure out at some point a time to do well, that you guys have fun with that i'll be on the bus probably sleeping on my way to my girlfriend so oh yeah yep good luck yeah, with that time you know, yeah. I, I i mean seriously i'd love to it's you know <laughs> too much of a it's it's just too much of a uh i'd love to but 
you know, the whole like well, cross planet. He doesn't know much stuff, so it's not that hard. The whole like cross planet plane thing might might put a damper on that sort of. Yeah, dude. I wish I wish yeah. teleportation was a thing in the twenty first. Oh, century. if it was, I would definitely be there. But yeah. Oh, if All it right, were, guys. you wouldn't have to be here, man. You would. You could be here for other reasons. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, boys. Oh, Milos, I'll talk to you tomorrow, but this was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. All right.